0: Rich Eisen He is one of the all-time Rich Eisen Absolute Friggin' greats This is The Rich Eisen Show I don't see no competition With guest host, Ryan Leaf Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles
1: Hey, Rich huge fan love your show listen to it every
0: day thanks brother the rich eisen show
2: earlier on the show espn nfl reporter jeff darlington coming up nba analyst rick Buker. oregon state head coach wayne tinkle plus colt's owner jim mercy and now sitting in for rich it's ryan lee
3: welcome back Tell to ryan. the rich eisen show I am Ryan Leaf. I'm filling in for Rich today uh, alongside TJ Jefferson, who's been added to the mix since my last guest hosting gig. I like
4: how you come this way with it. Normally we yes. go that
3: way with it. But it's like coming... when I hit a home run I go to first, I go to second, I go to third, and I come home. I like your style. <laughs> yeah. Our man of the ones and twos, <laughs> Michael
1: Del Tufo. TJ. TJ.
3: <laughs> and Chris Brockshady Brockman,
2: <laughs> yo yo yo,
4: father of Cage,
3: yeah. Yeah. father of Cage, cage Follow is my, dead. Follow my it. son
2: on Instagram at Cage Brockman. Oh yeah, a little Cage thrown out there. How's he doing, by the way? My son is a monster. He's one years old. Uh, he is uh, he's wearing T twenty four Or T two. It's called. He's a, he's a beast. He's ready to play tight end for the Patriots like right now. <laughs> my goal is at seventy four to hang. At the Encore Pool with Cage
4: like. <laughs> when he's playing, like he's how old will he be? Let's see.
3: I don't know, Mike. It'd be It'd be fun. Fun. Hey, everybody who's on the phone, uh, hang on. <laughs> we're gonna get to your calls here at the end of the hour. But first, we're gonna we're gonna check in with our with our our guy in the know in the NBA, Rick Buecher, Fox Sports NBA analyst. Welcome to the show, Rick.
1: Thanks for having me, fellas. Love the uh, the conversation about. Uh, building our kids into uh uh stars that we can then just sit back and and uh ride their their, uh, (laughs) that's that's the dream hey all right ride the flow yeah my my son my son is
3: going to be either six eight or six nine um so i'm going to probably need some guidance from you on where (laughs) i need to go in terms of coaching and uh especially where he needs to probably go to high school that's that's probably a big big one of these
1: We'll uh, we'll take care of that. Although high school is 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 very overhyped now, uh, it's the AAU program okay. that you go to okay. is, is going to be the deciding factor. But uh, certainly we can we can get into that. I'm, I'm I'm here for you.
3: Well, heads up, heads up for the name MacGyver Leaf. 6 foot 8 200, and, you know, 35 pounds at uh, you know, I a, don't
1: know, I don't know that that really sticks in the memory. Uh, That's pretty ordinary. John Smith, Joe Jones and MacGyver Leaf. <laughs> not like the others.
3: Yeah, Mick G, Mick G. Um, trade deadline coming up Thursday. A um, couple big names, you know, how interesting would it be if yep. Lonzo Ball is again somewhere else? It just seems like he's been passed around. We heard Magic Johnson talk about him having one of the highest point guard IQs he can think <laughs> of. Uh, what happens there?
1: I really, I, okay, so don't ask me to dive into Magic's comments about Lonzo Ball. With that, that, will, that could hijack the show. Uh, <laughs> I could spend a lot of time on that. But um, what I find interesting is there are a number of really quality point guards out there, Lonzo Ball being one, Kyle Lowry being another, supposedly Malcolm Brogdon with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, there, there are some game-changing point guards that are on the market, and there are a couple of teams, notably the Los Angeles Clippers, that could certainly uh, use one. I would love to see Lonzo go back to L.A., go to the Clippers, see him paired up with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. From a defensive standpoint, that would just be uh, a nightmare for opposing teams. And they could really use a, a, a pass-first Uh, point guard and and certainly Lonzo is that he's also done a remarkable job of uh, improving his his three-point shooting which is going to space the floor for times when you want to put the ball in Paul George or Kawhi Leonard's hands. so uh, I I would I would love to see him play on a meaningful team because I think he just got unfairly hammered through no fault of his own because it didn't work out with the Lakers he didn't he didn't proposed that he was one of the best point guards or was going to become a lakers legend or any of that stuff his dad did and magic did and magic appears to be continuing (laughs) to just put the bar so high that people are going to look at lonzo and suggest that he is underperforming and I, i i look i i appreciate any guy who comes in the league brian you you know this that that um you get to the pros, but now it's a matter of – it doesn't matter where you were drafted. you got to prove you can play. Yep. And uh, and it's not your fault where you get drafted. You know, somebody decided you were worth this. So it's on them as much as you to develop you to be that. And, uh, you know, the Lakers pulled the ripcord on that. And Lonzo has gone about just making himself into the best player he can be. Uh, he has clearly made strides. He's clearly worked on his weaknesses. And so for the kid's sake, I would love to see him go someplace where he's meaningful. But, um, you know, as far as guys who would change the dynamic, Kyle Lowry potentially going to the Miami Heat and wherever Malcolm Brogdon would go, I'm I'm really surprised by the Pacers wanting to move him because for what the Pacers are, Malcolm Brogdon has been, in my mind, their MVP. I think he may not be worth the contract that he has – but uh, if if the Pacers move him, then that changes the dynamic of their team going forward in a in a big way. I think Malcolm is a, is a very underrated uh, point guard in this league, as much as Magic might suggest that Lonzo Ball is. <laughs> Rick Rick
3: Buecher joining us, Fox Sports NBA analyst. Um, also, you know, Lonzo is leading his best year in in scoring, three pointers, and field goal mm-hmm. percentage. So I mean, he's he's gradually improving every time he steps. up. For a guy that doesn't follow the NBA as closely as you do or or or, or the experts, I, we continue to see and hear about if if LeBron and AD uh, are are healthy, the Lakers and the Nets are on a collision course. But with this injury yeah. to LeBron and the absence of AD. Moving forward, are they unless they add a piece where they can help them win? The Pelicans beat them last night. Are we, yeah, you know, what, what's the fight? Is, is as long as they get in as an eight seed, you know, it's all that matters. Are the Houston Rockets from the from the mid nineties as long as they get in and they're going to win a championship? Yeah. Is that,
1: that, that good? Where are we at with that? Yeah, look, it, it's uh, it, it's a fair question. I mean, first of all, we don't know what AD, you know, where AD and LeBron are going to be when they get back. I've been under uh underwhelmed by the uh the impact of the players that the lakers added last summer uh, marcus Saul was supposed to be a a playmaking big that was going to outperform uh dwight howard that has not happened uh west matthews was supposed to be an upgrade from danny green that has not happened uh, Montrez Harrell was supposed to be you know that energizer off the bench that he was for the Clippers in the regular season last year. That has not happened. He hasn't played to the same level. Dennis Schroder is really the only addition that has definitely been a plus. And so um, I, I don't you know where where they are cap wise, what they have uh, to to trade. I, I can't see them adding a significant piece. And their best asset is the fact that they do have a core in Kuz and A.D. and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and LeBron, obviously, Um, a crew that has, uh, Alex Caruso, has has won a championship, knows what it takes to win a championship, has the confidence that winning a championship breeds. And so, uh, to me, it's, you know, don't maintain as much continuity as you can from last year, hope you can be healthy at the right time. The scariest part is, uh, I, I mean, I can see them sinking all the way down to the, you know, the seventh, eighth, ninth spot. And if that's the case, then it's suddenly the NCAA tournament for them. It's one game. You know, if they, if they get to the eighth spot or the seventh spot, when the, when the playoffs start, okay, then I, you know, there's not a real home court advantage without fans. And, They've seen everything and done everything, so I, I think their chances are just as good, assuming they're healthy. But, uh, you know, uh, how many upsets have we seen in the NCAA tournament? Right. On, on one given night, if you don't have it, uh, you're suddenly out. And that's the prospect that the Lakers could suddenly face is, you know, they, they face a, a hungry Dallas Mavericks team or Portland Trail Blazers or, who, you know, name golden state warriors it gets into a a game where it's possession by possession at the end and uh one missed shot on their part and one made shot by the opposition and suddenly they're not in the playoffs. that is the scariest part of where they are is that um i don't think they can hold a seed where they are guaranteed to be in the playoffs they very well may be in a in a play-in game and that's a one game, you know, decides it all. Yep. And that would be a scary proposition.
3: Wow. That's uh Laker fans. You're out there. Kyle Kuzma is the hero you need, I guess right now. Um, <laughs> what about uh, let's, let's talk a couple of other names uh, before we get you out of here. Uh, we're speaking with Rick Bucher, Fox sports, NBA analyst, uh, Andre Drummond, the, the buyout market there. Yep. And, and, and Aaron Gordon, you know, Aaron Gordon seems to mm-hmm. be a guy that we always talk about as a great player, but seemingly kind of been in the background. So uh, Andre uh, Drummond and and Aaron Gordon there.
1: Yeah, you know, the difficulty with those two guys is that they, for the most part, have been uh, main cogs with their teams. And whoever they would go to, if they're going to go to a meaningful team, they're not going to be a main cog guy. They're going to be a guy who potentially comes off the bench and has to be a role player. And that is such a different role it's one thing when you're the main player and you get all the touches, you get all the minutes, your efficiency. You don't have to worry if you, if you start out one for five, one for six, like I'm going to play another 30 minutes. I'm going to get another 15 shots. I'm, I can find my way back into this game. Uh, for where they are, uh, they are now and the potential of who they would join, they're now coming in and they got to give you, you know, four explosive minutes and, and really have an impact on the game are they capable of doing that both not just physically skill wise but mentally are they willing to accept that And I think it's why like Aaron Gordon has been has wanted out of Orlando since la- the end of last season if not last summer uh, I, I, I was hearing that he was looking to go elsewhere and uh, and yet the market, you know, isn't there because they have proved themselves to at this point to be really good players, to be quasi stars on mediocre teams. And the weight of that lands on if this is my best player and we're only a mediocre team, then maybe he's a mediocre star. And the question is going to be, can they accept being a role player? Can they accept being a complimentary player on a great team. And then can they accept it mentally? And then are they capable of pulling it off physically? And that's where, that's where they are. And that's why you haven't seen, I mean, Andre Drummond's been on the market since the beginning of the year. Um, You know, nobody's jumping to, to get Andre Drummond because, um, you know, nobody's looking to rebuild around Drummond. They've seen teams that are built around him and, you know, they didn't get very far. So, uh, and I just, on the buyout market like i think maybe Blake Griffin if he's healthy can do some things for the Brooklyn Nets but LaMarcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond, Aaron Gordon, i they're they're interesting names but i don't really see them moving the needle. I would think that Alonzo Ball or a Kyle Lowry or a Malcolm Brogdon would have far more of an impact depending on where they go.
3: All right, we're talking to Rick Buecher. Uh, you can check him out on the Ball Podcast with Rick Buecher, Fox Sports NBA analyst. Before I get you out of here, just a quick answer to this. Uh, and, yeah. I don't need to.
1: As opposed to the long ones I gave you? No, I
3: love that. I love that. We're It's a simple question. Is the Golden State Warriors run over? Yes. There we go. I like it because that's what I told everybody the other day. I am not an NBA analyst or a ex- expert, and I told everybody, guys, the window's closing. The window has closed. Yeah. Yep.
1: All right. No, no, the win- yeah, the window is closed. Yeah. It, it, it's uh I mean you look at the age, you look at the, the 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 tread on the tires, and you look at what made them special and unique, and um, none of those things are there.
3: Well, Rick, thank you for taking the time. Rick Bucher, Fox Sports NBA analyst. Check him out on the ball podcast with Rick Bucher. Uh, Thanks for taking some time today, Rick. My pleasure. Trade deadline here in a few days, guys. How about that? L.A. Ooh, L.A. Man. fans out there, right? Trade deadline Thursday. L.A. Laker fans trying to get in maybe eight seed. I don't know. We were talking about that the other day. They're the three now. And, T.J., you said they're obviously going to drop. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard
2: anyone say they might be in the play-in tournament.
3: I said that the other day, too. Whew man oh man maybe you heard it from me maybe Maybe. uh you guys this is gonna be a great guest coming up here uh when we come back we got uh head coach of the oregon state beavers this story i don't know i don't know if enough people are paying attention to this wayne tinkle uh, is gonna join us this is the rich eisen show i'm ryan filling in with rich back with the oregon state men's basketball coach
0: wayne tinkle Work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code R I C H for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the
3: Rich Eisen Show. Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am filling in for Rich. My name is Ryan Leaf. Uh, been a long time since I've been in this chair. Cool guest we got right here. TJ to my right, Michael Del Tufo, Chris Brockman Hi. in their seats. What's up, buddy? All righty. So this story is, this is the Cinderella story, okay? Uh, a year that has been interrupted with so many different things. Uh, the Oregon State Beavers, who have never won a Pac-12 championship, who were picked to finish 12th in the Pac-12 this year by all the prognosticators, not only finished 5th in the league, but they went on to Las Vegas and won four games straight and won the Pac-12 championship. Got a 12 seed with the automatic bid, 12 seed for the Pac-12 champion because, of course, everybody just assumes the Pac-12, like anything else, is a weak conference to begin with. They go on and beat Tennessee a five seed. Just thumped them. There was never a moment, okay? And then do the same against Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State made a couple runs, but they finished them by 10, and they head to the Sweet 16 to play somebody called the Syracuse Orange. (laughs) Let's go. Ooh. We welcome now the head basketball coach of those Oregon State Beavers, fellow Montanan, Mr. Wayne Tinkle. Wayne, how are you doing, coach?
5: Oh, doing great. Really good to be with you. But, hey, we play Loyola Chicago in, in the Sweet 16. That's all oh. that in there.
3: Oh, gosh. Oh,
5: the, you're, but, no, I like the way you think.
3: I thought, why we did fans, I think
5: that? We, 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 would, we would play Syracuse in the Elite Eight. Yes,
3: yes. No, this is much. This makes it a much more interesting conversation. Loyola Chicago, very under wouldn't you say, as an eight seed. Yes as were you guys, but I want to know a little bit more about this run because I I had you on my radio show earlier in the year, kind of after that that beatdown you guys had in Oregon State and how you had a come-to kind of Jesus moment with your team and the difference that that made for the rest of the season and what you guys ultimately became. Talk about that and what the season was like.
5: Yeah, I mean, it was tough. Even earlier in the year, we lose to Portland – uh, at home in overtime, I think I think they they only won maybe six or seven games. Um, was was a tough loss. You know, we get into conference play right after Christmas. We 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 have to have a pause for COVID. Couple guys test positive, and so we had an eight day pause, and then we had two practices to prepare for Arizona. And we were their only game of the week because Oregon was in a pause. So we got both. Arizona and Arizona state where we were their only game of the week. And they, yeah, they gave us a woodshed job and uh, we had a couple of guys hurt in that game too. But we had a meeting the next day, the staff seven straight hours. We ordered in some lunch and we just did a scrub of the whole deal. And we came up with this, that our guys were trying to win a national championship in December and January. And we were missing a lot of steps. <laughs> so, we said, let's let's just give them three things to focus on that, that we'll be able to judge from those whether it was a success or not. And it was executing our stuff, pretty generic, I know, playing harder than our opponent, and enjoying playing with each other. That was missing. You know, we got a lot of young guys. We've only got a couple of experienced guys. So we sold that to the team. So, guys, if you focus on just those things, it'll be a successful game if you achieve that. And then it'll lead... To wins. We don't know what, when. We can't promise you, but they bought into it. We went went on a three game uh, win streak after that, um, and and got the momentum going. And then one other turning point at Cal, our last road weekend of the regular season. Um, we are you know big weekend playing Cal Stanford. We had some guys kind of roll their eyes when they were subbed out. Roll their eyes when I got after them for taking crappy shots, and and we just we lit them up we lit them up in several timeouts. We lit them up at halftime. Uh, I mean, I, the paint was peeling in the locker room, and our guys responded. And, and we, we got a tough win there, and then went to Stanford, and they, they were a little beat up with injuries, but a big win there, and that's when everything kind of fell into place, and the guys were like, okay, now we've had all this experience, we understand what it's all about. we got to play hard every day, play together, you know, and stay focused, and now we're, now we're in the Sweet 16, baby, so I couldn't be more proud of the group.
3: Uh, we're talking to head coach of the Oregon State University Beavers men's basketball coach, Wayne Tinkle. Um, the loss to Oregon to finish the season heading into the tournament uh, in Vegas and then the lackluster mm-hmm. kind of first half, what, what flipped the switch there in Vegas that took you on this run that we're at right now?
5: You know, I think it was more, more of the same. Like they like the guys they didn't we didn't follow the scouting report in the game at home against Oregon. We we let them shoot lights out. They got it going on us. Um, you know, they made eleven more threes than us and, and what we, we told the guys, shoot, we should have lost by twenty five, but you guys did a few good things to, you know, keep it, you know, somewhat close. I think we lost by eleven. And then we kind of carried that into the first game against UCLA. We just reverted back to individual play, not not the same intensity on the defensive end. And, and in a timeout at, towards the end of the first half, we said, "No, no, no, no." And didn't quite say it like that, um, but we're not going back to the past. All right, let's remember what what has you know brought success and get back on page. And then at halftime you know, some adjustments and then the guys came out and totally turned that game around. I think we were down as much as 16 came back and and won that one in overtime. And I thought that was kind of that final injection of uh, enthusiasm and confidence that we needed, uh, you know, to, to push forward. And, you know, we, we, we put it on Oregon pretty good in the, in the semifinals and then, uh, you know, got up against Colorado. They made a late run, but we closed it out. And, uh, you know, then our guys have really been dialed here. I mean, you said it. We handled Tennessee, and then uh, got got up. Uh, you know, after Oklahoma State got up nine four, we we jumped them and got a nice lead. And you know, their athletic is all get out and, and, and turned us over a bunch to get back in. But then we closed the door on them late too. So, the guys are riding quite a wave.
3: Yeah, they are. It's been it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch the Pac twelve have success. And I want maybe you to to comment a little bit about the undervalued. Pac-12 conference because guess what? 25% of this week's sixteen everybody, 25% are Pac-12 teams. Oregon, Oregon State, USC and UCLA. Uh, Unfortunately, Oregon and USC are going to be going up against each other to get into the Elite Eight. But just talk about the conference in general and how competitive it was this year and the fact that you had to play mostly conference opponents in every conference this year. We really didn't probably know the, the real value of each and every conference.
5: No, for sure. Yeah, we didn't have those cross-conference preseason games. Um, but, you know, I, I said and people were kind of amazed at how we performed against, you know, Tennessee and Oklahoma State. But, you know, my comment was our conference prepared us for that. You know, we we got teams that can defend and can score. Uh, you know, I, I think it's like seven out of the last ten years we've had more players in the NBA draft than any other conference uh, you know, we've, we've got some guys that can play. You know, there's great coaches in the league. You know, and, and it just, you look at some of the stats now, I think this is only the second time that a conference has had two teams that were double-digit seeds going into the NCAA tournament make the Sweet 16. Um, and I think Auburn and Kentucky were the other, was the other time. And so, you know, UCLA and ourselves have done that. You look at we're 9-1 and one, uh, to this point. You know, in the in the tournament, that's one of the top five best starts. Um, you know, for teams that have at least five teams in the tournament. So, uh, we, we've got some guys that can play. There's 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 great coaches. I just think you know that, that bias. Most of the East Coast is asleep when we're playing our games, and it's unfortunate. But uh, hopefully, this will be a little bit of a wake up call for the rest of the country.
3: All righty, uh, I, I you know I was gonna wait this to maybe at the end of it, but uh, we're, we're speaking with Wayne Tinklehead basketball coach, uh, men's basketball coach at Oregon State University. But the reason why I, I, I talked about Syracuse is because I already have you beating Loyola Chicago. I know you can't look that way, but I'm just, I'm letting you know that's where that's, that's where well, I like the lying. way you think. Yeah, I would love, I've been, I've been pumping, I said, I want a All-Pac-12 national championship. I want Oregon, UCLA, USC versus the Oregon State Beavers. I think that would be Perfect. Not only for me, but I especially think Bill Walton would ultimately retire and just go to heaven (laughs) uh, if that were to be the case.
5: (laughs) I think you're right there. I think you're right. (laughs)
3: Um, Little known fact, right? Uh, Wayne Tinkle uh, played at the University of Montana, coached at the University of Montana, and was around kind of at the end of my high school career, but mostly during my brother's. Um, I've asked asked him this question before, but and and it's 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 illuminating. What was the? Do you remember the, the scouting report on me coming out of high school as a basketball player?
5: Yes. Yep. Guy that was was tough on the glass, had pretty good touch, could stretch it out a little bit. May, maybe not quite to the three point line, um, but uh, very 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 high skill set and competitive. I remember that. Not
3: not great on defense though. I right? think <laughs> not great on defense though. I think was
5: probably the. The well, other one you, you notice I only mentioned the offense yes sorry. yes
3: <laughs> but the one that 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 ended up making waves was my little brother he would go on and, and go down and play for coach Fisher at, at San Diego State and uh, uh and he didn't end up playing his entire career there but uh, he ended up actually being the the basketball player in the family and and that was the guy that was the guy you you, you remember telling me that maybe we maybe we didn't take a strong
5: look at that younger Leaf kid Yeah, no, exactly, and and I can't take the blame. I don't think, you know, I was the head coach at the time, and I'm trying to push the head coach to recruit recruit him. I I told you, I remember seeing him playing the three on three uh, tournament up in Great Falls at the fairgrounds, and and said, "Man, we got we got to get on this kid." But uh, you you know, it's you, you like to see those those stories of guys from you know states like Montana that you know maybe they don't get the recognition on the national scene recruiting wise, but then. You know, get out and go to a, go to another program outside of the state and have a great career. So, that's good stuff.
3: Well, it's been it's been a pleasure not only covering you this year, um, but seeing seeing the uh, uh, success. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the some of the players that a lot of people are getting a first look at. Uh, I hadn't heard too much about Silva and the way he's come around late yeah. in the year. Uh, Alatishi, um, I know you're hoping that he's he continues with his high quality of play, but, you know, NBA scouts are going to start being like, boy, that, the length on that guy? Um, this is a team you could have no. back next year That's could be pretty darn competitive.
5: No, we we really feel good about the run we made. And, hey, I'll, I'll go back to, to last year. We, we thought we were poised for the same kind of a run. You right. know, we we had won some late league games. We we won that, that, that tough game in the tournament against Utah with the buzzer beater. Uh, you know, and then the, then the thing was pulled pulled from us, but... You know, we, we struggled early this year because of all of the new pieces. And now you just mentioned two huge parts. Now, uh, you know, Roman Silva, uh, you know, spotty playing time last year, early this year. He's gotten himself into, re- you know, much better shape and condition. You know, he battled through a COVID pause. And, he, you know, work, and the work that Coach Rupp and the other coaches have done with him, we're starting to see the fruits of their labor. And, you know, War Eats, War Eats an incredible rebounder. He's so raw. He's only been playing for uh, a handful of years. He needs some time. That's what we keep telling the scouts, hey, don't 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 go after him now. He needs a little more. Uh, I'll call it marinating. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at those two guys coming back, uh, some of those other younger guys, you know, Johnny Hunt, Jared Lucas, Tariq Silver, you know, who hadn't played much and actually tweaked his ankle last week, two huge buckets for us in the second half uh, against Oklahoma State because we were – Riddled in foul trouble, Ethan Thompson and Jared Lucas, Zach Reichel and Alotiche on the bench. So, we we thought this the depth on this team would would be our strength. We just needed for it to, to get to where they were confident and could start producing consistently, and and we feel we're there. So, in in the, the recruits we have signed for next year, we're we're excited about what's going on, obviously, and um, you know we we still want to make this continue this run, uh, obviously this weekend, but. The future looks bright for sure.
3: We're talking to head coach of the Oregon State men's basketball team, Wayne Tinkle, right now in the Sweet 16. Uh, we'll take on Loyola of Chicago, uh, a bit of a, a tournament darling as well. Um, how, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, unprecedented, unconventional year in a bubble in the Indianapolis area. Uh, you know, players not really being able to spend time with one another um, uh, other than on the practice court. Um, how are you keeping them loose? How is everybody staying motivated and, and, and uh, uh, ready for the next next matchup?
5: Yeah, that's a great question because that's the challenge. I mean, we've, we, we're we on day 16 on the road when, when you look at Vegas and here, both bubble situations, um, you know, really the only free time we have there's a there's like a double A or triple A baseball park across the street, and we get a, a, an hour a day, to, to go walk around. They have some footballs out there. We we, we put up some pretty cool videos, guys playing football, uh, pickleball, um, and then boom, it's back to your room. So you know we're, we're we're staying in touch with them constantly, making sure they got everything they need. You know, even nowadays, I mean, they've all got their iPads and they're jumping on Netflix and YouTube and all that, but. We certainly have to stay focused to, you know, their mental state because this is, you know, like you said, it's unprecedented, and, and so we're constantly in communication. This afternoon, they get to sneak out to uh, Top Golf, so ah. actually get out and away from the hotel, which will be nice for them. Um, the coaching staff will be in, will be in the team room uh, breaking down video, but that'll be nice for them. And so we're just, you know, we're trying to keep them loose on the practice court but yet keeping them focused and intense at the same time just telling them to enjoy the ride why change now you know we're not gonna do anything different we said this going into the championship game in vegas don't do anything different because this is you know means we can go to the ncaa tournament just do what we do said the same thing after the tennessee game we'll say the same thing this weekend
3: well i I sure hope so it's been a pleasure like i said covering you guys this year and watching it take place on the national stage. So keep at it. Best of luck against Loyola to Chicago. I already know where that's going. Uh, wish your boys the yep. best of luck, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, maybe have you on the show next week. Ah.
5: Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I appreciate you reaching out. It's always good talking to you. Can't say enough how proud I am of our guys, man, for all they've been through and all their accomplishment. It's a pretty special group. You Thanks a ton. And go Beeves. Go Beeves.
3: Head, men's basketball coach. Wayne Tinkle. That's awesome. Well, of course, he's got you know the Montana roots. Boys, come on. That's right. You know, this is a this is a special breed.
2: So, listening to coach's scouting report uh, on a young Ryan Leaf, does that mean you're back in the mix and you're finally going to take my uh, invitation to play on my local L.A. here Rec Hoops League team once we're back in action after COVID? Uh, if I took if I took down? literally
3: one bursting action with this body, <laughs> it's over. Okay. Like I, I took a real hard swing with my hybrid the other day, and I think I ripped my groin. So, it it, it would not be good. I could I can I could. What do you mean it wouldn't be good? See,
2: before <laughs> your big issue before when I asked you a couple of years ago was that. Well, I'm carrying too much weight. I don't know how many trips oh. up and down the court I can get. Oh. Now you got this new, like, slim, He's athletic, lean, lean mean lean. body. You got abs. I mean, I've seen your selfies. Ooh. You got abs. You, know, you got some definition is back and the upper Ladies. body.
3: So, <laughs> My uh, Mercedes. You know,
2: I'm just saying, <laughs> we need, like, a six-eight guy inside to dominate these uh, local LA t- hoops teams.
3: Well, I hear Brian Scabarini is available.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I can afford Scally. Well, yeah,
3: I'm, 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 I'm uh, penniless. So you don't have to, you don't have to pay a thing for for me. Um, you know what? Let me. I might have to train towards it. Okay. Okay. Just think about it. Just okay. pick up a
2: ball, maybe see what you got left. No, if you used?
3: just need me to be a spot up shooter or a guy to back somebody in, don't ask me to like transition and really play. Now we just need you to rebound and block shots. Okay, but I can hit no, I can get buckets too. I'm a
2: Well, I mean, we got the buckets part kind of taken care coach of. Coach
3: Tinkle, that was a little that was a little <laughs> BS. I was a I was a three-point juggernaut in high school. I could I could fill it up, man. I averaged like 20 some points a game. See if you I know. Can find these. I should have I should have been, you know, I tried out for the men's basketball team at Washington State. Yeah. Yeah. And would have made it if my head football coach didn't say, "Hey, he you're was playing? like, Nah. Yeah, no, we're right. not gonna yeah. do this. <laughs> he
0: hit you with a matumbo. No no no. <laughs> no, 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 no. He hit, he hit, he hit me with
3: a matumbo and he said this is this is where we're gonna go. <laughs> um, when we uh, when we come back, we're gonna take your calls. Thank you for staying uh, on the line. Uh 204 Rich. We'll get back to the poll where we talk about the Breakfast Club and who would be yours? You're listening to the Rich Eisen show. I'm Ryan Lee, filling in for Rich. We'll be right back. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich. It's been, I can't remember how long it's been since I've, I was telling Don that uh, I've I've gotten so used to hearing somebody in my ear (laughs) and and continuing to talk, uh, you know, and uh, it's something you learn. I thought I would have easily forgot it in the last year, so I feel much more comfortable. It's like riding a bike, man. It is. It's kind of been like riding a bike. I think the addition of... Uh, uh, of tj has been um helpful emotionally, emotionally
0: like a security helpful. blanket yes. just make things feel safe i
3: do more. i feel i feel surrounded now <laughs> well yeah before it was just a big void well there would be people <laughs> lining up on the outside when they heard <laughs> that ryan leaf was hosting and there would be signs <laughs> and be like right. why <laughs> and, yeah, i mean now there were a few positives
5: go away fatty <laughs> <laughs> hey
3: go sometimes away, shame fatty. works in a positive direction i'm just putting that out there all right um Let's go to the phone calls. Uh, Chris Brockman, yeah, I know we yeah. got a bunch of them and yeah, they so want to know some, about the uh, Breakfast Club. Totally.
2: We got some people holding on. So here's what we're doing today in honor of the Breakfast Club anniversary. Today's the date in the movie, March 24th, 1984, that the Breakfast Club takes place. So we threw out there, who's your Saturday detention group? It's you and then pick one of the fo- one of each of the following. One actor, one athlete, one musician, and one sportscaster. Who are you spending the day with? in detention. A lot of great responses on Twitter. Keep them coming. Also, give us a call, 844-204-RICH. So let's go to the phones. First in, first up, Art in Louisville, line one, Mike. What is your detention group, Art?
4: Oh, my goodness. I got I got a, a not-so-crazy one, but it's pretty good. I got, uh, for the actor, I got Burt Kreischer. Okay.
2: <laughs> Burt counts as an actor?
4: Yeah, I, he's on... Hey, you're on TV. To me, you're an actor. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is an actor. Art, Art's now into my detention <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
4: I got sports uh, sportscaster, like Dan Patrick. I, look, I just want to hang out with the crew. If I could, if it couldn't be you guys, because I'm sure everybody's picking you guys, it, it's definitely Dan Patrick. Uh, Jason Mraz is my musician.
2: Okay. Yeah.
4: And then uh, LT, man with danian Tomlinson san diego born san diego raised uh, speaking of which uh with usc uh, thanks for your uh, 51 yards of destiny there mr leaf
3: well you know i did what i
4: had to <laughs> <laughs> man that was, it, was, it was a great game no matter what side you were on but uh, uh, also you know my uh, my grandfather was the chief of police at the san diego harbor down there and uh, we, we he had season tickets, so I, I got to see a lot of your uh, your games or escapades, as you want to call them. Um, but uh, I just uh, I wanted to get those out there. And uh, man, you look better today than the day you got drafted. I'm not going to lie, you look fantastic, man. Congratulations on that. And uh, I just uh, I'm looking forward to the Jim Ursay conversation here shortly. Uh, can't wait to to see what he has to say. Uh, Brockman one more, one more poke at you. Uh, you had one kid during uh, COVID. Yep. My wife and I had a twelve-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old. So <laughs> we got we got you a little outnumbered Jeez. there. So it must Art, have been rough on the wife. Wow. God bless. God bless. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> no stretch marks or anything, man. But uh, <laughs> uh, we fostered, <mocked laughs> and uh, we just found out last week we're, we're going to be able to adopt them. So we're pretty excited about that. Come oh, uh, that's awesome! Congrats, Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, just one last question is on my way out. Uh, hey, uh, Ryan, could you compare the last two Pac-12 quarterbacks that uh, the Chargers have uh, that they've drafted? And uh, I'll go ahead and get off the line and, and wait for your response. Hey, it was a pleasure, my friend. I'm so glad you're doing well. Shout out to, to to everybody out there, and uh, man, I miss LA. <laughs> we'll talk to you
3: guys. soon. We well, I appreciate the call,
4: man. Call back, bro.
3: Louisville. Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. That was great. That was a great one. That was great. I appreciate nice. that. That is meaningful. Forty-four years old, looking better than twenty-one.
2: Huh?
3: Mm-hmm. I'd say that's. I mean, what do I, you think? I look like a bit, ba- kind of just baby face, right? Just, it's just, just mass to me. Like the shoulders are wide. I have the, kind of the puffy cheeks, you know. Um, I was as healthy as I was there, but i i you're right. I was t- two hundred and forty one pounds there, so twenty pounds lighter I guess right now look at this picture you you're wearing a charger pin
2: on your lapel Where'd that come from?
3: Uh, I had it in my pocket as soon as the the Indianapolis Colts chose it. we knew what was ha- we knew what was happening okay right we Did knew you I get was, told before ahead of time well, we told them we said we're you know don't draft me he's I'm not gonna sign with you, okay, so we made it pretty clear we John l weighed it. Yep. Eli Manning did before Eli Manning. <laughs> yep. um, we we made it pretty clear that I wanted to go to the beach. Yep. I had family on the West Coast. I played on the West Coast. I just come on, like the beach, the money, the babes. That was the mindset of the 21 year old, right? That's all. That's all I was. I was going for. So didn't think about. Oh, Marshall Faulk's in the backfield. <laughs> Marvin Harrison's Marvin Harrison. out on the perimeter. Yep. Let's go there. <laughs> right. You know, I was, I was, but you know what? I heard Jeff Graham was coming to town. Uh, Tony Martin was the wide receiver. Now, for whatever reason, the organization traded away Tony Martin before the season started. So Natron Means was coming back. We just picked up Aaron Taylor from the Packers and John Jackson from the Cincinnati Bengals. I was like, hey, we got a roster here. Roman Fortin as our offensive lineman. I was excited. Is that out there that you kind of told the Colts, thanks, no thanks? Well, yeah, and then there's a, then? then there's a story that I didn't show up for the meeting with Jim Mora. I I can't wait to talk to Mr. Ursay about that. Like, how, how was that in inter- Did did you hear that I blew you guys off? Right. Um, because I didn't. I, the Chicago Bears asked me to go get an MRI on my thumb because I had broken it in high school, and they wanted a X-ray or an MRI on my thumb <laughs> from five years earlier. I guess I don't know. So anyway, I was at the hospital the whole night. You go through, when you're at the combine, you go through. They just It's a meat market. They just send you wherever you do this, you do that. You know, you're you're getting medical things like that. And supposedly there was a meeting years later. I'm sitting in a prison cell, by the way, when my former agent, Lee Steinberg, decides to release a book about, you know, his his life and everything. And one of the bigger things was the, the 1998 draft. And he had me as a client. And in his recollection, he informed me the night before the Jim Moore meeting. Hey, Ryan, I'm not telling you to do this. But if you don't show up for that meeting, that could go a long way to you being a San Diego Charger. Ah, interesting. So he perpetrated that noise, which isn't true. It's is not. That's not true. I just I had to go do an MRI. There is another one out there, and this is Bill Polian. And so you, you take Bill Polian for what he's worth. He also had a first round draft grade on Tom Brady, by the way. Um, so that, that's as far as <laughs> we're sure, gonna. I'm sure he did. <laughs> we're gonna go there with that one. But he had a story that. He told me when a mini camp was going to be, and my response to him was, Oh, I can't make it, man. Me and my buddies are going to Vegas. That so that's the story that
2: kind of I've always heard that you kind of was you had this Vegas trip planned and so you were gonna <laughs> blow off the Colts for that. Yeah, hell no. I mean <laughs> I,
3: I wanted everything about football. I mean, you tell me where to be, when to go, let's right. put, let's live in the facility before that before that first year, you know? Right. Now, when I got drafted by the Chargers Mr. Spanos, in his private plane, drove, uh, flew us, me and my father, to Las Vegas, where they had a home uh, on, sa- on Saturday night, and all my friends from Montana flew down, my uncles, my, all, all the men in my family, and we had a celebration together in Vegas that night. Um, and then I got up first thing in the morning, and I flew me and my dad flew over to San Diego for the press conference yep. Sunday morning. Didn't drink at all that night. You know, got to bed at a pretty reasonable hour, but I wanted to celebrate with my boys. Yeah, for sure. You yeah. know? Um, Understandable. Yeah. And, and and there was nothing to do in San Diego uh, that night. So um, there's a picture. Tommy Hilfiger fitted me for that suit. Look at that thing. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. I mean, when the
2: owner says, hey, I'll fly you in my plane and your family to Las Vegas, what are you going to say, no? <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: We may have asked if you could stop in Vegas. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it was an interesting plane ride. Alex Spanos, the patriarch of the family, and Dean. And we had to stop in North Carolina at Wake Forest to pick up their son, who is now, I think, the president of the Los Angeles Chargers. So we're all flying back. And I remember Lee Steinberg, my dad, and myself. And I'm looking at my dad during this flight. First time on a private plane ever. Uh, And I'm just kind of looking at him. And Alex Spanos is showing us old VHS tapes of him Dancing, uh, two-stepping with uh, Bob Hope. <laughs> on the way. Wow. On the flight, and That's I look nice. at my dad. And I'm like, Where are we? Yeah. What is what? <laughs> going on? What's going on? We're just. My dad's from Fort Benton, Montana, which is the size of a, a peanut, and I'm from Great Falls, Montana, and I have now been the first Montanan ever drafted into the in the first round into the NFL. There are no, there's nobody else. Never has been or will be, I think. And there are more first-round draft picks in the Manning family <laughs> than the whole state of Montana ever. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is altered reality that we're doing. So we land in Vegas. I give each one of my friends and cousins and uncles 500 bucks. And I say, whoever, whoever has the most money at the end of the night wins the... And I said if you blow it all, you blow it all. But let's see who can turn the most... Right, sure. So my dad... Being the most frugal person there is, just put the the chip in his pants and didn't gamble all night. And then at the end of the night, guess what? He won. He won. <laughs> he, won. he was the only one left with any money. Smart <laughs> man. There's a reason why my dad is <laughs> uber man. successful, right? Um, and and I you know, and I think about it and what that looks like. You know, Jim Merce is gonna fill us in a little bit more the next hour when we talk about it.
2: That's amazing.
3: So. Jim Mercer in a few minutes Uh, You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show On Westwood One Radio We'll be right back